Howdy, folks. Lou Weiss, Manufacturing Talk Radio. Uh, we're here today with uh, uh, Tim uh, Grady, my co-host, and Tim Fiore from, uh, as you can tell, with all the ISMs, uh, so you won't forget ISM, Institute of Supply Management. So, um, by the way, just to take a look behind, Zoom didn't work well today, so we had to use this other thing that we put together, and you can get to see all of our uh, four podcasts and our uh, monthly series, which is sort of behind me, but you'll see it when I do my walk up. So uh, check us out. Uh, this is uh, show number 700 and something, Tim. Do we have an exact number? Uh, I don't know. Do we have an exact number? What's that? I don't have the exact number for you. No, but you know what? Mr. Tim Fiore has the number for us today. And that is the business report number index. So, Mr. Fiore, take it away. I got it. Okay. Hey, great performing month. Uh, 60.6 on the on the, the PMI index. Uh, down slightly 0.6 of a point from the prior month. You know, every, anything over 60 is really fantastic, especially the PMI. It's so hard to get that number really to move. It's a function of five sub-indexes. But, uh, you know, and we peaked, I think the record was 64.7, I think, or at least a modern day record. We did that back in March. So 60.6, great number. Demand was very strong. Uh, inputs seem to have eased a little bit. Too hard to declaim, uh, proclaim victory there, but there are some signs that maybe the supply chain is starting to catch up with the demand side. And uh, consumption production output was again above 60, employment slightly contracted. Uh, great story, a lot, of, a lot of information in the detail here that I'm sure we'll talk about over the next half hour. Excellent, excellent. Um, and one of the things that uh, I picked up on, of course, is that it, it dropped a little bit. But then again, you have the seasonal aspect of, uh, you know, June, July, August, uh, this being, uh, you know, June or, or the beginning of July. So, you know, there are, less, there are people, even though people have been off work for the last 16 months, people are still taking vacations. God help them. You got to take that vacation, no matter what. So well, I think they're going to take vacations this year for the first time in a couple of years. You're, well, you're implying that people who are working from home are on vacation. Well, I'm not really <laughs> implying that, but they're not really at work work. <laughs> not at the office. That's right. Not at the office. You're going to get yourself into a big debate here. So I, I know. <laughs> just, to, just as a point of comment here, without the seasonality factors, the PMI would have been 62 62.1. Excellent. So everything got stepped down right. because of the period. Now, July and August, you know, we definitely have employment issues. Everything, let's see, we had uh, new orders got stepped down one, production got stepped down three. So without the seasonality factors, production would have been 63. Uh, employment got stepped down 3.7. And it probably is, it's probably designed around the, the fact that we got people coming out of school coming into the workforce. So, and I've heard a lot of things recently about seasonality factors, whether those old rules have really applied properly over the last 15 months. I think it's a pretty good debate. I mean, seasonality factors, if they're based on holidays, that's one thing. If they're based on, you know, normal ebb and flow of, of manufacturing of the economy, we really haven't had that since 2019, I think, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So we had 16 to one positive uh, comments in the general comment section versus not so positive, uh, really strong number. 
uh, down uh, from I think 32 or 36 to one last month, but with so few numbers in the denominator, uh, that, you know, that you're gonna see that major fluctuation. It was easily of all the comments, it was 65, 70% of all the comments, very positive about the future. Um, some other interesting numbers here. We had, you know, since we're into the numbers thing, almost 80% of the pan uh, panelists commented about supply chain, supply issues, as well as pricing. So top of mind, still input driven restrictions to further growth, no doubt about that. Um, we had a little bit of a slackening here on transportation comments, which I could talk more about. And I, you know, I look at those in the general comment section. I look at them in the supplier delivery comment section. Supplier delivery comment section, it's still running at about 38% of total comments. And it's been that way for about four months. On the general section, which I think is top of mind, uh, it came down to 22 from about 27. So maybe an indicator there that things are starting to normalize. I think the story, there's a couple stories here for this month that we'll We'll chat about, we can talk about employment to the higher to the force manage ratio. A couple things, lead times are still at records. We've had another expansion in the raw material lead times, which in a lot of respects is probably driving somewhat the new order level. You know, the way it goes, if lead times push out, you got to cover your future demand. And it's a real struggle for buyers because they're going to be paying the highest prices that they paid in many, many years. So there's a little bit of reluctance to do that. And the other thing is on the price index, what it's really indicating is that uh, when people ask the question, are you able to flow through price increases to your customer? The answer is clearly yes, because we had 84% of our respondents saying they're paying higher prices in June. And you know, the way this thing works, three, you know, four tiers down the supply chain, the steel guy raises his price. The aluminum guy raises his price. It takes a period of time for that to make its way through to the eventual consumer uh, you know, which is our people and, and our panel is made up of all different levels of the supply chain. So with 85% of them saying they're paying higher prices, I think the fact is that everybody is accepting the price increases. And, and I think that's the truth of the facts. Uh, I think we'll see in the earnings calls in July that uh, you're going to see better profitability above plan, probably above estimates from the investment community. And you're going to hear a definite optimism that they've been able to push the price increases through. And that's what's driving a lot of their profitability. So, and I think that's going to remain that way for Q3. And uh, I'm not as confident about Q4. But uh, so, hey, that's all, all positive. A lot of different signals coming out of this report that all kind of indicate what the second half of the year will look like. Remember, this is a first half 2021 close report. Right. I think that in the beginning, when prices started going up, maybe six, eight months ago, uh, I think that the market at that time was concerned that, you know, how am I going to pass this along to my customer? Well, you know, just do it. They did it and it's working. And you don't really hear a whole lot of complaining. Uh, matter of fact, on the, uh, in the all metals and forge group company that we have, uh, particularly on the regular orders, the repeat jobs, uh, we're having, you know, the raise in price is self-evident. And, you know, we tell them, look, you know, this, is, this is where we're at. And, you know, they get it. Uh, and what, what are they doing? They're passing it on to their customers. So it, uh, it seems to be working and everyone's kind of accepted the uh, quote unquote new norm in industrial pricing. 
Yeah, I think that's it. Not, you know, I don't see any short-term end in sight. Uh, and I think a lot of what's driving that is is probably the fact that you know we still can't get labor to show up at the work site. And you know, when that gets resolved and we get more of a, of a proper balance between labor and demand, then we'll see lead times kind of come back in because production capacity will have expanded because the labor will be there. And, uh, and we'll see prices start to drop because people need to, since they've hired more workers, they need to absorb that, uh, that cost. And They'll still be highly profitable because they're they're not really expanding their facilities yet. Why would you why would you add a plant when you can't hire people? So you know I think we're getting ready, uh, and Q4 will probably be the clear quarter this year of what does the future look like. And I think that's going to be the first clear quarter since the pandemic hit in February of last year. Uh, I have a question about the report. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that uh, the backlog figures. Uh, dropped uh, rather significantly from 70 to 60 or something like that. I think it dropped seven points. Uh, is that a sign that uh, uh, logistically um, things are improving, uh, that they're beginning to be able to ship goods out, therefore their backlog drops? Because well, yeah. So, you know, I, I do a quick summary for uh, – for different reasons I send out to certain people. And, and I usually put a comment about negative and positive, whether the number is positive or negative. Right. Uh, for the first month, I put down negative for price increases. Because I think price increases now are probably restricting output. Uh, I've actually heard stories about, well, I really don't want to do that work because I'm going to charge you too much money. I, I had a personal situation with a uh, building contractor where he didn't really want to give me a price because he was afraid of scaring me away. <laughs> And he, he wanted to push the build out 12 months. I'll build it for you next year, not this year. That's, <laughs> that's a clear indication that price input price pressure is restricting output, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, but honestly, I was, that's the first number I went to Lou, to Lou. And I saw that number kind of come off uh, close to what, seven points or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, it's. Yeah. So first I had to put it in its context. 65 is a near record number. Uh, the last two months we broke records on backlog. So at 65, I think it is, that's still a near record number. So don't get overly concerned about it. But then I dug in and, okay, where is it happening? So, and I look at the top six industry sectors, 70% of the manufacturing economy should be the, the, the drivers of growth and contraction. And uh, what I found is that the chemical sector had a pretty significant uh, backlog drop off. And, uh, and I'm okay with that because they were still struggling with the freeze in February. Right. Uh, driving prices up to a large extent. They had a lot of plants that were down. You know, the orders kept piling in and they couldn't really satisfy them properly. Most of the plants are all up and running now. Uh, I was hoping that price prices would have decreased in chemicals uh, given the fact that they've now you know, relieved some of their constrictions, but we now have a natural gas price of $3.40 an MMBTU, up from 270 or something in normal times. So we're dealing now with uh, feedstock increases. But, you know, the fact that chemical backlog dropped, that's fine. I mean, that, no indication there. And then food and beverage backlog dropped. And that's really interesting. So yeah. why did that happen? Uh, and if, if you dig back, we had a big bump in food and beverage again in March. We had a, a big bump a year ago. And food and beverage did really well. Uh, it was the number one of the big six uh, industry sectors through all of 2020. 2020 and it, it was starting to fall off in the, uh, the late fall of last year is losing momentum. Let me put it that way. 
And it is our number four industry sector, somewhere around 11% of manufacturing GDP. So, you know, we saw it fall down. Uh, November, we were running just slightly over 50, November, December, during the holiday periods. And then uh, it, it jumped back up to the 60 levels. Uh, last couple of months, it was running at 65 for its own PMI. And now it's down to uh, below 60. Uh, the backlog went from you know, last month, 70 plus, uh, last month, meaning May, 70 plus. Right. This big month, move. backlog's 50. Right. So, so we had this big you know, surge with people reopening, and now we're kind of stabilized. And so you got to ask, your, ask yourself the question, is that because people aren't going out in the service economy and eating? I, I think it goes back to the employment issue. I mean, you, you can only buy so much food that you can serve. How many right. times have you walked in the restaurants now and they still have tables separated because they don't have the servers. Right. I just went up and down 95 again a couple of weeks ago and I took pictures of all the places that had help wanted help wanted. I ran out of, I ran out of giga space on my phone. <laughs> so and I'm sitting in the rest stops. I'm looking at, you know, the five concessions inside the, uh, you know, the, the state rest stop and two of them are open. So, which means the other three aren't buying food. So and I think it's all, it's all kind of employment related to some extent. I think the food and beverage pieces, uh, I mean, it, it had a good month, no doubt about it. I mean, we're still high 50s from a PMI expansion, but I think we got held back because there's just not enough labor out there. Now, the labor side was a, you know, think mid 40s on food and beverage manufacturing. There's another factor that I uh, discovered, uh, I think it was last week regarding last month. Uh, it was either May or June, I don't recall, where 465,000 people who were going off of unemployment and did not go back to their old jobs because they saw this now as an opportunity to find a new career, a new life, and this and that. And this is the golden opportunity. They got a couple of bucks put aside the government's been funding them. So let me go see if I can find another industry. 465,000 people. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. That's not chump change. Well, no, it's good, good unless it's you, unless it's your company that you've had people read. Well, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, people, have, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's a, I think, you know, the big battle out there in labor is that, uh, is that, is that in, in the manufacturing sector, is that piece where you're competing against the service sector opening up? It's the beginning entry levels of assembly work. Right. You know, it's not machinists kind of, it, it may be beginning machine operator, but it's not machinists. It's not, you know, forge technicians, guys that have a lot of tribal knowledge about how to move a part right and heat it right and know what it right. looks like. And they smell it, they know when they, they hit the hammer. So it's that other that element that's dealing with the service economy. And, uh, you know, We've been talking about labor now for a long time. I, I just see it as being very positive going forward. Every month is a better story. I think there's uh, 25 or so states that still have enhanced unemployment. Uh, that's all slated to go away. You know, in September, I don't hear anybody talking about extending it again. Right. Uh, you know, some there are some worries about this Delta variant and how some of the states are kind of reacting to. Uh, masks and stuff and I'm vaccinated and I'm, I'm, I don't wear a mask anymore. I don't think I need to. And if you're worried about it, go get vaccinated. Or uh, wear a mask. Yeah. Well, <laughs> get vaccinated. I mean, yeah. 
for sure. Right? Because even you know, if they get sick, they're still going to load up the hospitals, and we're still going to be back to the politicians starting to lock us down again. So we need to keep this thing open. You know, the schools are all going to reopen in, in August. Even the ones where you know they haven't approved the vaccine for you know toddlers and things are going to reopen. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, we're in the summer period now, so you know you got the vacations and things. That's a normal thing. And, uh, and those other states are just still carrying that enhanced unemployment that will all disappear in September. So, and, and I think from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, you know, construction has been very hot. We, we lose drivers this time of year. And, uh, you know, maybe to some extent also uh, lower level technicians. And that'll, as the summer ends, that'll all put people inside. So I think Q4, we're doing really well now. And I think Q4, we're going to do really well too. I, I think it's going to be the first, like I said, the first full quarter of post-pandemic operating. And I think the labor market will have stabilized where it'll be improving. It may not be where we want it to be, but it'll be improving without any artificial constraints holding it back. I think that uh, coming of the infrastructure bill and the uh, bringing those jobs and monies online is gonna really have a major effect for uh, first quarter next year. Yeah, that, you're right. That could be disruptive. I mean, but uh, it's, it's a trillion dollars over eight years or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. One point, uh, one point two trillion to be exact. Yeah, and that's yeah, all. We're well, talking that kind of money, you know. Yeah. Well, we've gotten used to a trillion bucks is like a billion bucks. Right. Right. Uh, right, right. I remember when a millionaire used to be something. Yeah. Now, <laughs> that's a poor man. <laughs> well. well well, the current administration is defining, you know, financially restricted families as 400,000 and less. Right. I mean, who would ever thought that? That's where we're at. Unless your first car costs you 1,500 bucks. I don't think my father in his lifetime earned $400,000. <laughs> no, no, his whole lifetime. His whole lifetime. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was born in 1893. <laughs> So, Tim, I've got a question for you on the inflation side. Uh, we're beginning to see that. Consumers are beginning to feel it. Do you see it impacting us maybe first quarter of next year or sooner? You know, I don't, I don't know that we're going to see it. I, I'm, I'm, what I'm feeling and seeing to some extent is that uh, we've, ex we've exhausted our ability to raise wages. Uh, and and I, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this yet, but I, I, I think raw material prices are definitely cyclic based on supply and demand, and therefore they're transitory. And I think when the labor force comes back to, uh, to full uh, demand supply parameters, then you know, we're going to see some re relaxation on input prices. The, the big issue is wages. And I think everybody's exhausted around increasing wages. When you hear stories about $25 an hour for warehouse workers, I mean, that's just, that's not sustainable. It's not, in a normal economy, it's not sustainable. So I think you got the business community saying, okay, enough's enough. I think, did I mention the turnover numbers to you guys? No. Okay, so uh, you know, I went through the labor indexes and uh, comments. Here, let me get to it. Now, here we go. So I've been looking at it from a higher fire ratio, higher enforced manage ratio, and uh, and I've been picking up some other stuff. So here's some of the numbers that I got. We um, let's see. So we had 16 to one positive higher to force manage ratio, and the, the force manage uh, includes furloughs, layoffs, attrition, and hiring freezes. 
So 16 to one, 16 were hiring versus one doing one of those four different things. And, and that's up from 12 to one in May, which is up from, I think, eight to one in April. So there's still this pursuit of labor that uh, you know, more and more companies are pursuing. The interesting thing this month is that last month, 50% of those people who were commenting about hiring were also commented about having difficulty in hiring. This month, the number is 30%. So it kind of indicates that maybe there's a little bit of a relief there that uh, they're not having as much trouble. They're hiring, but they're not having as much trouble. Uh, half of them last month said they were having trouble. 30% of them this month said they were having trouble. So maybe there's a trend there. The other thing that kind of came out of it was 17% of the employment comments talked about turnover. Now, I've, I've been watching employment now for a couple of years because it's, it's a major element as, as the economy cycles. And 17% commented about turnover. And I had never really noticed the turnover comments in May or April or March. So there is probably some, but they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't worth that much to count. So that, that says to me, okay, everybody knows it. Everybody feels it at the local level. They're, the turnover, so I, I dug in a little bit deeper to see if I could clearly see what was causing turnover. And at least half of them were clear about the fact that people were jumping jobs for wages. So, you know, put yourself in a manufacturing community, maybe outside of, of a metropolitan area that has a lot of labor force. And you got people uh, now jumping jobs to another employer down the street for 50 cents. You can either play that game or you can all kind of say, all right, I'm stopping this. I'm not, I'm not going to fuel this any further because, you know, what is the benefit of them fueling it further? The, the, the upside is they grow their backlog. You know, the, the downside is, is that they pay more, but they make less per labor hour. So, you know, but, but you know, in, in the end, the other thing that I commented around, I think I did already, is that uh, this whole price increase thing indicates that everybody's passing price increases through. But, you know, responsible businessmen don't just do that because in the end, there's a day of reckoning and, and nobody wants to see that day of reckoning come. And right. you, you don't want to be stuck with a, cost equals price ratio and the price isn't going to move because the customer is not going to pay anymore and and they have equal power to the seller and you got this high uh, wage base that the only way you can fix it is to either cut everybody's pay which nobody wants to do or lay everybody off and rehire which nobody wants to do either so i think we're kind of in that environment now where wages are what they're going to be the business community is not going to continue to facilitate the increases because it's not in their moderate to long-term interest it might be in the short-term interest, but not moderate to long-term. And people are now looking out the 2022 business plan. 2021 is almost in the pocket with the, with the order streams that are in place, the pricing structures that there, the risk of 2021 is near zero of meeting your plan. It's now 2022. And as you develop your business plan for 2022, are you gonna be aggressive or are you gonna be conservative? If I was running a business, I'd be pretty conservative. I would assume that my wages are going to remain at this level. I would assume that my raw materials are going to re remain at this level. And I'm, I would assume that my prices are still going to remain at this level and therefore I'm going to be profitable. And if prices come down in 2022 uh, and raw material comes with it, I'm, I'm not you know, sitting there stuck. So <clears throat> Tim, imports and exports with the shortage of container ships, containers, truck drivers, how is that holding up? Well, exports continues to grow, not at dramatic levels. And I think that's a real positive for the future. I think the European market has not come back yet. 
you, you guys probably watch the China PMI as I do. And the China PMI is terrible. Yep. 51. It's been, and it's been 51 for like 15 months. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there. And it's really hard. It's always been hard to get economic information from China. It's even harder now. I'm not sure what's going on, honestly. And I'm, I don't travel over there anymore, so I can't really tell. 51 might, 51 might be actually high. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, norm, normally they overstate, right? Yeah. Normally they overstate. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. So they, yeah, it could be in the forties. Well, I mean, their biggest trading partner is Europe, and Europe's not doing well. Right. right. Uh, the only, the only, uh, from a manufacturer standpoint, I watch Germany too because Germany is the engine of Europe, and and they export a ton of capital goods into China, and they're running at sixty-two to sixty-four, and have been for months. So that's a good sign. But overall, Europe is not back yet. They're still fighting the uh, fighting the virus. So, so I think on the import side, we finally had that pop above sixty. I don't think I've ever seen an import number that high. Mm. So it's it's almost like somebody finally opened a gate and let all the stuff flow out of LA and uh, Long Beach. But you know, there's just a, a point. Uh, the the myth about China being such a huge importer to the states and uh, so on. It, meanwhile, it only represents 11% of our total import number. So it's not really a big number. Right. And, uh, you know, we, in some ways they've been falsely accused of, uh, you know, dumping here. Uh, it, it really hasn't been going on. That's, that's politics talk. Yeah, yeah. I think 650 billion or something uh, yeah. on the manufacturing side, you know, on a, right. on a, yeah, or a total, I think, on a what, $20 trillion economy. It's not, yeah. Jim. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a blip on the radar screen. So I was uh, interested in the comments that you uh, had from some of your respondents. I thought they were really very insightful, most of them very positive, uh, but touching on a few areas of pain, but nobody seemed uh, overly alarmed. No, the sentiment is very good. The sentiment is very good. And you know, I think as long as prices continue to be pushed through the, the value chain, uh, everybody is good. Uh, you know, I think like I said, some of the new order numbers probably inflated because of uh, extended lead times. Uh, there, there's no relaxation in aluminum or steel, as you know, which is shocking. Uh, and I think for the first time, steel, uh, steel mill utilization is like 82 or 83%. So we finally broke the 80 mark. Yeah, uh, yeah there's, a, there, there's some softening on copper. But, you know, the word is that China is selling some of their stockpile to kind of keep that price at some constant level. And you can see in our report that Electrical equipment is up in price because there's probably a lot of copper in that content. So, um, what's yeah. uh, what's happening in the? Uh, I haven't heard anything currently about the chip market and how that's uh, going to be affecting our automotive market and so on. Have you heard anything new on that? Well, there's something this morning from Ford. Ford continues to have the most difficulty of all the automotive companies. Uh, but if there was something in the journal this morning that indicates that uh, they had a. Uh, they had a significant amount of supply coming from Renesis in Japan right. that had that fire about three months ago and, and they're feeling the pain now. So uh, I think that the general feeling is that the chip problem is not gonna go away until the end of the year. And, uh, and, and, and in my own personal experience, it seems to still be accelerating because it's taken you know, four months, four or five months to find its way through the entire value chain. And now uh, you know sensors and, <laughs> Things like that, subcomponents that are pretty basic, 
are being impact, impacted, not only, you know, stuff circuit boards and black boxes, but it's now down the, to the component level. And, you know, it's a long lead time to take a, uh, to, to manufacture a wafer and that's the chip and package it. So, you know, we're dealing with it. I don't know that we've seen the worst of it yet. I, I would say by the end of the summer, we'll have seen the worst of it. But uh, the current opinion is it's not going to go away this year. So, uh, so what, what, what all that will do is just, it's going to restrict consumption, which will mean more pent up demand for 2022. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's more, true. more backlog. More, yeah, right. more I, backlog. Love that. I love backlog. I know you're a backlog <laughs> fan. I knew you were. I am a backlog fan. <laughs> most, most business owners are. I, I like backlog better than I do accounts receivable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. Uh, uh, Tim, uh, any parting words for us? No, I think it's a, it's a good, uh, good month. I mean, lead times are the longest ever. Uh, prices, the highest in 79, I guess, is, is the, the, uh, the real story there. And that indicates that people are successful at pushing price increases through. That means companies are going to be more profitable. And profit's a good thing, generates cash and uh, allows investment. So we're in a good position here. Sounds good to me. Another good report. And uh, hopefully uh, we're going to see July at least maintain. maintain. I think uh, it's clear running going forward. I don't see yeah. any, nothing's going to upset us. I mean, the, the only indication was that Delta variant, but yeah. we got to be able to deal with that maturely. We'll, we'll, and, we'll and, worry uh, about that. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm, I'm immunized. And I'm, I'm ready for my booster shot whenever they come out with it. You bet. I'll be first in line. You'll be behind me. Me too. <laughs> I, I still have all my fingers and toes. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, great report. Uh, I suggest that you uh, go to uh, the ISM and get your own copy of the report uh, and or uh, you can come to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We, we have it there as well. Uh, also, uh, I want you to take note of uh, the shows behind me, and I'm going to do a slow exit uh, after I make my appropriate advice to Tim Fiore, uh, chair of uh, the ISM Business Report. And we'll be hearing from uh, Anthony Nieves uh, sometime uh, soon, within the next day or three, maybe Monday, I don't recall. Uh, and then we, uh, we also do the hospital report, which uh, is kind of interesting. Uh, it was not something that I would have thought of would be as interesting as it is, but maybe it's because I can't, you guys came up with that during a COVID year. So you added a little spice to our health issues in this country. So we know how much money hospitals are making or losing. So that being said, I'm gonna bid adieu and okay, take a look at our ads right behind me and see what we got going. And I'm gonna just take a slow exit. And Mr. Grady, I will see you. Bye. All see you right. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Luke. Take care, Tim. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.